When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen We'll do a little work. We'll do a little work right now. Well, that kind of work. Just send them off. Please have a seat, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, friends. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And ladies and gentlemen, oh. There is, John, you can feel it. There's a crispness uh-huh. in the air, you know, and that magical sparkle that can only mean one thing. It's infrastructure season. <laughs> Will Santa bring us the steel I-beams we asked for from China? Is that him on the roof? He should really wait until we install those steel I-beams. <laughs> Yesterday, President Biden signed his bipartisan infrastructure bill into law, and to tell everyone about it today, he kicked off a road show to showcase the benefits of the bill. It's like the Antiques Road Show if the road was the antique. <laughs> Biden's first stop, infrastructure fan, thank you very much. (laughs) Biden's first stop uh, was this afternoon in Woodstock, New Hampshire. Here he is teasing his visit yesterday. Tomorrow, I'll be traveling to New Hampshire to visit a bridge that is structurally not safe. Wait, what? (laughs) Then don't go there. What, is this a cry for help? What What are you trying to do out there? Infrastructure's not the only thing Biden's trying to patch up. He's also working on a relationship with China which has been a a bit rocky lately. There's tension over Taiwan. China's doing target practice of models of our aircraft carriers in the desert. And the fact that they create so much pollution, you can write the words, wash me on their sky. (laughs) So yesterday, Biden held a summit with Chinese president and uncle at Thanksgiving listening to you describe your art school degree. (laughs) Xi Jinping. Biden and Xi wanted to meet in person, but due to COVID, they had to settle for a virtual summit, which lasted three and a half hours. And there was some tension on the call. Biden raised concerns about human rights abuses and unfair trade and economic policies. And Xi countered by saying that America rallying global support to counter China would inevitably bring disaster to the world. Not great. Seems like the old couple might be headed toward a separation. Kids, your father and I just have some differences. I want to go back to school and start a new career, and he will inevitably bring disaster to the world. (laughs) In pandemic news, COVID cases are starting to climb in some areas of the U.S. Stop it. Stop it. Stop climbing, Corona. I'm going to count to three. One, two, Corona Elizabeth virus, you get back down here. (laughs) Right now, young lady. Now, if you've gotten the jab, you don't have to worry too much because this rise in cases is mostly happening among unvaccinated people with some of the largest increases in New Hampshire and Vermont. Vermont? 
Okay, it's time to send Bernie door to door. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> That's right, I'm saying knock, knock. My bones are too fragile to touch wood. <laughs> it's me, Senator Sanders, here to inoculate you. Show me that shoulder. Boom! That's a 90% reduction in the severe COVID symptoms. Now invite me in. I smell soup. <laughs> Don't hide your mushroom barley from me. Another, I got another. So, COVID won't go away, but the pandemic might. The global goal right now is to reach a point where COVID is more like the flu. It's a situation public health experts call endemicity, which is the point where COVID becomes just another disease that people control with vaccines and medication. So, it looks like we're never really getting rid of COVID. It's like Mel Gibson. He ebbs and flows, but because of a few idiots out there, we're stuck with some form of him forever. (laughs) But the vaccinated among us did get some good news yesterday from chief medical advisor to the president and professor of zaddy studies, (laughs) Anthony Fauci. Fauci was asked about the upcoming holidays in an interview, and he had this to say. If you get vaccinated and your family's vaccinated, You can feel good about enjoying a typical Thanksgiving, Christmas with your family and close friends. Yes, a typical Thanksgiving. Everyone gathered at the table, and you hoping they can't tell you just smoked a huge joint with your cousin Luke in the garage. (laughs) Everybody knows. (laughs) They all know. (laughs) Looks like Americans are planning to do holiday responsibly. Because according to a new poll, 72% of respondents said they plan to limit their celebration to members of their household, and 51% say they will request that guests wear masks. That's going to be complicated, (laughs) wearing a mask since you're gathering for a meal. (laughs) So it's a perfect time to try out Stephen Colbert's patent-pending Thanksgiving feed bags. (laughs) Yes, when you're done, just slip it over your head. Cinch it tight. (laughs) Take a nap. (laughs) Speaking of plagues that won't go away, former president, the vanity manatee. (laughs) We're still... A lot of fans. A lot more fans here than I would think. It surprises me. We're still learning the details of his January 6th attempted coup, thanks to Jonathan Carl's tell-all betrayal, which hit bookstores today. According to Carl, the ex-president was interested in staging a classic coup because his allies pressed the Defense Department to help overturn the election. And some of these efforts were what military historians call cuckoo banana cakes. (laughs) Like the one put forward by conspiracy lawyer Sidney Powell, seen here browsing the wildlife refuge for a future blouse. After the election, Powell contacted a Pentagon official to push the claim that the CIA director had been hurt and taken into custody in Germany while on a secret mission to destroy evidence of voter fraud on a computer server that belonged to a company called Seitel. Where did Powell get this urgent news? From a false conspiracy theory that had been gaining steam among QAnon followers. Oh, yeah. That theory is definitely steaming. Powell wasn't the only high-ranking MAGA nutball the Pentagon was dealing with. The same official also got a call from pardoned criminal and owl with hemorrhoids, General Michael (laughs) Flynn. Flynn, evidently, told the defense official 
that it was time for the military to stop Biden from taking office, saying he needed to get orders signed, that ballots be seized, and that extraordinary measures needed to be taken to stop Democrats. Remember, this was a former general making a call to the military, demanding they support a fascist coup. What is wrong with him? It's 2021. Just text. There's been some fallout for January 6th so far. Uh, take Wyoming representative and co-worker who doesn't know what happened to your peanut butter cups. <laughs> Liz Cheney. Cheney was somehow f- has found the courage to say that the fascist coup was bad. So this weekend, the Wyoming Republican Party voted to stop recognizing Representative Liz Cheney as a member of the GOP. You can't kick a Cheney out of the GOP! That's like kicking Pinot Grigio out of the Real Housewives. (laughs) Oh, speaking, speaking of places where they have elections, Canada. They also have a Supreme Court. It's so cute. They think they're a country. (laughs) Don't tell them. They got little coins with animals on them. It's really sweet. It makes them happy. Today, their top court released their official photo, and holy Christopher Kringle... (laughs) The Canadian Supreme Court is nine Santas. What is their docket like? In the case of Becky Peterson v. Baby Brothers Safety Scissors haircut, the majority finds not naughty. (laughs) Speaking of the holidays, here's something. On Thanksgiving Day, the first Asian-American Muppet arrives on Sesame Street. That's nice. The new arrival is Ji Young, a Korean-American seven-year-old who loves playing her electric guitar and skateboarding. She is the coolest Muppet since that one episode where Cookie Monster smoked weed. (laughs) It was the 70s. Why do you think he eats so many cookies? (laughs) But it's not just guitars and skateboarding. Ji Young will also play a role in countering anti-Asian bias and harassment at a time of heightened awareness around the issue. That's great. But is it just me, or are we giving some Muppets more responsibility <laughs> than other Muppets? <laughs> okay, folks, bring it in here. I got your, uh, I got your assignments. Uh, you be angry in a trash can. Uh, you count everything you see. And uh, you solve systemic racism. <laughs> We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Who we got tonight? Who am I talking to tonight? Oh, I'm talking to John. John, you know who I'm talking to tonight? The soon-to-be honorable Eric Adams. Yes. The mayor-elect of New York, New York City. City. In the house. Greatest city in the world. Yes, indeed. And Dwayne Wade is here tonight. 
oh, yeah. NBA champion, Dwayne Wade. Three-time NBA champ. Uh, you know, you know what I did once? You've seen, you've seen when I, how I smoked Obama in that oh, I see waste paper, paper ba- basketball. Yeah. I want to challenge him. I want to challenge Dwayne Wade oh, a little waste paper goodness. basketball right here. Ooh. Well, place your bets now. You Place your bets. Putting the championship on place the line. Place your bets now. I just want to say, and I don't want to like say yeah. anything, I, I beat Obama. Uh-huh. I beat I beat Steph Curry or tied Steph Curry. It's tied Steph Curry. I beat Dr. J, and I beat Allen Iverson. Oh, I'm just saying. You gonna put your title on the line? This is every night I put the title on the there line, my friend. Let's go. What's new? Hey, I want to ask you about something. We're talking about the the Asian American uh, Muppet who's joining uh, yes. the cast of Sesame Street for the first yes. time. I found out somebody else is joining the cast of Sesame Street. What are you doing over uh, on Sesame Street, John? I'm going over to Sesame Street and I'm singing some songs with all my friends over there. Wow. Can you tell me how to get? That's a milestone. I know. I, I, I'm really so, so grateful. I've watched it since I was a kid and I always dreamed of being there. You go there and it's just so much like what you remembered it, in person, which is it, it's just so emotional to be so there. So you've been there? Yes. You've been there. At this point, can you tell me how to get? <laughs> Yes. How to get to Sesame Street? Yes. We can't play the rest of it. No, we can't because... <laughs> because because they, have, they have Muppet lawyers, too. That's right. That's right. They don't mess around. But you know the rest. Folks, I spend a lot of time right over there, night after night, actually, carefully selecting for you the day's newsiest, most aerodynamic headlines, stress testing the most topical anti-lock brakes and power steering, painstakingly stitching leather seating so soft it would make J.D. Power and her associates blush <laughs> to create the luxury sedan that is my nightly monologue. But sometimes, just sometimes, folks, I lurch to consciousness in the back of an abandoned school bus and slap myself awake with a crusty floor mat before using a mouse-bitten timing belt to strap some old plywood to a couple of discarded oil drums, then by the light of a heathen moon, render a gas tank out of an empty big gulp, fill it with white claw and denatured alcohol, then light a match and let her rip in the demented one-man soapbox derby of news that is my segment. <laughs> Meanwhile... Black Ice. This'll, this'll soothe you. This will fix everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the UK, police found 900 pounds of cocaine in a shipment of onion rings. <laughs> so are you telling me they took a highly addictive substance and used it to smuggle cocaine? <laughs> Meanwhile, a small but growing number of churches across America are accepting online donations in cryptocurrencies. <laughs> wow! They're getting really desperate to appeal to the youth. Hey, kids, have you heard about the coolest cryptocurrency of all? It's called salvation. (laughs) You're going to want to get on the ground floor, dog. (laughs) Meanwhile, with a -a once-in-a-century global pandemic and failed climate talks in the news, it's easy to feel like it's the end time. So I just want to take a second to reassure everyone that a plague of scorpions has reigned (laughs) on Egypt. Sounds awful. Also... Pretty exciting day for the guy who does weather on the ones. (laughs) Meanwhile, we here at Meanwhile Global Arms Manufacturing and Illegal Chemical Disposal sometimes come across so many pee-related stories that they trickle into our Meanwhile (laughs) sub-segment, Urinewile. Urinewile, the Welcome to Rockville Music Festival was in Daytona Beach last weekend. 
And during a set from a band called Brass Against, singer Sophia Eurista pulled down her pants and peed on a fan. In other words, the least gross story to come out of Daytona Beach. Eureen <laughs> Weil. In a new interview, Dwayne The Rock Johnson revealed why he pees in water bottles during workouts. It's all in preparation for his upcoming role, Jumanji 3, Amazon employee. <laughs> also, because they don't, they don't get bathroom breaks. Also, Dwayne, if you're peeing in bottles, I don't think anyone in the gym is focused on the why so much as the what the hell. <laughs> but he insisted on explaining. I do pee in my water bottles, but let me give context to that. No. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Domino's Pizza CEO, Don, meh. Bought a $20.9 million smart Bel Air mansion with eight bedrooms and 15 bathrooms. Now, that sounds like an extreme bathroom to bedroom ratio, <laughs> but you eventually need all of them if you eat enough Domino's. <laughs> Forget the plunger, this bathroom's total. Just brick over the door and let us never speak of it again. Meanwhile, a new company in Las Vegas charters jets to nowhere for horny mile-high clubbers. And you felt bad for Southwest flight attendants. The seatbacks and tray tables aren't the only things in the upright position. The company is called Love Cloud Vegas, and for just $995, couples can charter a jet for 45 minutes. That's right. For $1,000, you can experience sex on a private jet then awkwardly stare out the window for the next 43 and a half minutes. Up next, Eric Adams. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank I, you. I hope we have a, a long and continued relationship as a... New Yorker myself, I want to be on good terms with the guy who's going to be, going to be running the joint. Congratulations Thank you. on being mayor-elect. Thank you. Did, did you always want to be mayor of New York? At one point, did you say to yourself, I want to be mayor of New York? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, an amazing uh, narrative and journey uh, that uh, it happened, you know, many years ago. Uh, you know, I went through a terrible period with policing. I was abused as a child. Police officers assaulted my brother and I. And then uh, later, I joined the police department from civil rights activists asked me to join. And I saw the dysfunctionality of our agencies. And I said, we could run a better city. And 24 years ago, now 25 years ago, I spoke to the deputy mayor, Bill Lynch. He said, I want to be mayor. And he said, this is what you have to do. And I'm here. You hit them all, touch them all. Touch them all, touch them all. 
Uh, when you won, uh, you, you went out, you were, you were uh, found clubbing at a club called Zero Bond, <laughs> and people were a little surprised to see uh, the mayor elect out clubbing. Were you surprised that they were surprised? Well, well first of all, uh, you enjoy the club scene, is what I'm asking. They were inaccurate. They were inaccurate. Okay. I did not stop at Zero Bonds. I went to Zero Bonds, I went to Chippiani's, and I went to Brooklyn Sugar Hill. So they said only one place. Don't take it away from me. I am the mayor. This is a city of nightlife. I must test the product. I have to be out showing. I want New Yorkers come back. We used to be the coolest place on the globe. We're so damn boring now, man. You know, we, we gotta be, we have to be among the people enjoying life. Uh, I want the cross pollination of our energy and the diversity of this city. We have some beautiful places in the city, so I'm going to be out. If you're going to hang out with the boys, boys at night, you got to get up with the men in the morning. I'm up 5 a.m. every morning. <laughs> now, um, what might you do differently than our present mayor, Bill de Blasio, who is, does not enjoy the most popularity? Do you think that, that case in point, do you think, <laughs> do you think that's a bad rap? Like, how, how will you be different then? Uh, I'm going to get up in the morning. You know, I'm only playing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm up at 5 a.m. Meditation, sure. exercise, green smoothie. I'm ready to hit the ground running. I'm and not gonna. I accept that you're in better shape than Bill Blasio. <laughs> How will the city be in better shape? Well, you know, there's a quote that I really want New Yorkers and Americans to understand. Archbishop Desmond Tutu stated, "We spend a lifetime pulling people out of the river. No one goes upstream and prevent them from falling in in the first place." I'm going upstream. We talk about closing Rikers Island. I say, let's close the pipeline that feeds Rikers Island. 55% of the men and women there have learning disabilities. 30% of the prisoners in our country are dyslexic. So if we go upstream, let's not pull people out of the river. Let's go upstream and prevent them from falling in the first place. We create the crises, and I'm going to take my city upstream, and we're going to be a model all over this country on how to run cities. You had mentioned before, You mentioned before that you were in the, uh, the police department. You were one of New York's finest for, for 22 years, became a police captain. Uh, our country uh, is grappling with uh, calls for and resistance to police reform in various places around the United States. What, how will you approach that? How, as someone who, as you said, uh, was the subject or the object of abuse when you were younger and also lived the experience of a policeman how are you going to approach this issue? What are you going to so do true. in the department? So true. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I believe in Esther 4 and 14. God made me for such a time like this. Um, taken from my police experience of being uh, as a child that was abused, going into the police department, understanding that the prerequisite to prosperity is public safety and justice. They go, go together. I'm going to tell my police officers, I have your backs to so do your job. But darn it, if you don't understand the nobility of public protection, you're getting out of my department. You would not use that job to abuse people. Abuse is real. We're going to change the ecosystem of public safety. It's not just police. It's mental health professionals, youth organization, clergy leaders, uh, those uh, crisis management teams. We have to redefine policing and what it means in our country and in our city. And I'm going to get it right. We're not going to be heavy-handed. We're going to show how we could have a partnership with the po between police and community. I know we can do it. We're going to get it right. Um, I certainly hope you're right. I certainly <laughs> hope you're right. 
Um, they're, they're, you know, we, we hear stories of low morale within the NYPD. Is, is that true? And if so, what do you think it stems from? Well, it is. It's, it's true. And I think that far too long we built this divide between police and communities. Listen, when you come out of that, that subway station late at night, you want to see that police officer there. But you want him to treat you with the respect and dignity that you deserve. We have to be safe. Don't let anyone fool you. If we're not safe, if that's the foundation of how we live, but we can do it without being abusive. And then we have to stop feeding the criminal justice problem. Do you know that uh, foster care children age out of foster care at 21 years old? Only 21% graduate from high school. 3% enroll in college, they're more likely to be unemployed, more likely to have mental health issues, more likely to be victims of crimes. Why don't we let them age out at 26, give them life coaches, and that would stop feeding the criminal justice problem that we're experiencing? I sat down with gang members for the last two and a half years and talked with them. I was blown away how many of them were dyslexic and had learning disabilities. The real crime is now ha what happens on 42nd Street it's what happens in the Department of Education. 65% of black and brown children never reach proficiency in our city at all. That's the crime <laughs> we need to start looking at, is not only looking at those children who are committing crimes on our street. Mr. Merrillek, we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, I will ask Merrillek Eric Adams what kind of Democrat he's going to be. <laughs> I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. New York City, like the rest of the country, has a wide range of what uh, defines being a Democratic politician. <laughs> you know, I was curious where you're going to be in terms of your progressiveness, uh, like on a scale from like AOC to Joe Manchin. <laughs> <laughs> where is Eric Adams in there? Well, what America is saying and what uh, those who elected me stated, that being pragmatic is progressive. And people try to say, well, he's conservative, he's moderate. Uh, they try to define me. You know, first of all, I don't want people defining me. I'm still defining myself. I know that we can't just talk about it. We have to actually implement real plans. And so I'm in, I am progressive. Uh, I passed, I was, it was my bill that I co-sponsored to stop the Rockefeller drug laws. It was my bill that took away the database where people were abusing stop and frisk. It was my bill that took away the quotas. My bill is on prison reform. Long before people discovered this term called progressive, we were leading the way in what progressive is, is, is all about. And so I don't want people to put me in a box. There's some things I'm conservative in thinking about, moderate thinking about, um, uh, ultra left thinking about. That is who I am. And I, I, I tell New Yorkers and Americans, don't let people define you. <laughs> I know who I am. I don't need any title. I'm Eric. Adams. <laughs> the next mayor of New York City. Before we go, yes. before we go, do you have a message for the rest of the country from New York? Yes, I got a little gift bag for you. There you go. I was wondering what that was. 
Well, first of all, uh, a couple of things in here. Blanket. If you go to Times Square and you want to wrap up with your, bu your, bu your boo, you could do it with your blanket. I'll take this, thank you. <laughs> I have a T-shirt for you. This is my theme, uh, GSD. It's, I, I'm going to say get stuff done for you, but there's another meaning with the S, but okay. get it done. Okay, all right. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later, you know. <laughs> and the 25th anniversary of Chicago, for all of you in the audience, we have free tickets for all of you to see Chicago. We're loving it. Wow. Everybody gets tickets. Everybody, knows Everybody you. gets a ticket. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for being here. Mayor elect Eric Adams, everybody. Coming up, Dwayne the Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for being here. Man, thanks for, thanks for having me here. Nice to meet you. I've nice been trying to, to get you. here for a while, so... Well, I'm glad to have you here. I've met your lovely wife, Gabrielle Union, before. We met at uh, Obama's 55th birthday party. I'm sorry you weren't invited. <laughs> you weren't there. I guess you were working. I guess you were uh, well, Yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't get a plus one, so she didn't, <laughs> she didn't take me. Now, people know you from the heat, but you actually are from Chicago. Yes, I am. And I'm just curious. I lived there in the 90s, and so Jordan was everything. Well, the, the Bulls were everything, but Jordan was everything. You're an NBA champion. He's an NBA champion. I got to imagine you guys have hung, right? You guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've hung a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. I was, had to have been a hero of yours, too. My, yeah, it was my it was my idol. Um, right. It, What's it like to hang with Jordan? It, every time is like the first time. Like, <laughs> well, what was the first time, time like? <laughs> every time I see Michael Jordan, it's like, that's Jordan. <laughs> no matter how many times I see him. But the first time I got opportunity to meet my idol, and I think this is one of the coolest ways to meet your idol. So I get I get drafted. I'm doing a draft party back in Chicago. It's like a week after. Um, I get done with, you know, doing a press conference in Miami, and I get back, and I'm doing a party. I'm having a great time. The party is a success. Everyone has showed up. I'm like, whoo, people have came to see me, finally. And my cousin come and tap me on the shoulder. He said, hey, Michael Jordan's outside. They won't let him in. I said, stop playing with me. <laughs> what do you mean, Michael Jordan's outside? They won't let him in. So anyway, he looked at me, and I knew it was a serious look, and so we just, both of us ran. We just was running out of the club, and I bust through the doors, and it was in slow motion. And when I opened the doors, it was Michael Jordan and, like, 50 dudes on a motorcycle. <laughs> and I was just like, I've heard about this. 
And I, and I went up to him immediately, and I'm like, Mike, you want to come in? And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I, <laughs> but he came by to show me some love. So that was oh, my nice. first time meeting my idol was sitting on a oh, motorcycle. Oh, like congrats. Yeah, it was congrats on getting drafted. And, and he, you know, he heard about me from Chicago, from the city. So he wanted to come and show me a little love. So that that's was, awesome. Yeah, that was dope. Well, yeah. that's great. When, when I found out that I was going to take over for Dave and get the Late Show, Michael uh, did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I would still be so thrilled if you wanted to roll by at any point. I'll get my hog out and we'll go cruising. <laughs> now, uh, as I said, you're, the, the, you're half of a celebrity power couple here, you and, and Gabrielle Union. Yes. Um, I, it is reported, and I want you to uh -oh. confirm or slap this down. It is... It is reported that in college you had a poster of her on your wall. That is a lie. <laughs> really? You didn't have a poster of this woman on your wall? What's wrong with you? So... How did this rumor get started? My wife is a bigger celebrity than me. Um, and she get up to come on... A, she get to come on your show and other shows way yeah. more than I. She's been here, yeah. So she planted this story. This is a planted <laughs> story. This did not happen, people. See this? She's lying. Now, I had the magazine that she was on the cover of, and it probably was under my pillow, but it wasn't on the wall. <laughs> how, how dare she say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, there's a big difference, yeah, man. Yeah, I had to... Don't disrespect <laughs> me like that. Well, uh, you have a, a new uh, book. It is a photographic memoir titled Dwayne. Keeping it simple. I like it. And here's the thing. I'm sure this thing is going to sell like hotcakes, man. I haven't any doubts. But the problem is, is that your wife also has a book out at the same time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who, 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 you know, who's going to win? <laughs> is it going to be Dwayne or you got anything stronger? Because, you know, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. B Obama both put out books within the same year. Ah, uh, And yes. she smoked him. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she just crushed him. He sold a lot of books, but she crushed him. What do you think? You want to place a bet now? Well, this... I didn't, I didn't try to do this. I didn't even know she was working on a book. Did she start working on a book when she found out you were working on a book? I did feel... She, did she set a pick? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she was, like... The, a lot of these stories in, in her book are so private and so personal, so she kind of did it away from, like, the whole family. She, she got with her writer and just... Oh, wow. And so I didn't know what was coming. And then I was about to come out with my book, and she was like, yeah, no, my book is coming out this year. I was like, push it back, push it all the way back. <laughs> this book was supposed to have been come out. We had to push it back. Oh, push your book back. Yeah, I didn't want to compete with her. Wow. But, um, Good no. luck, good luck. No, I'm excited, I'm excited, yep. I'm excited. I'm excited for both of us. I'm excited are, for both are, of us. Are, are, how intimate do you get with your photography here? Well, um, very. You know, my, my photographer's in the crowd somewhere. Shout out to Bob Metellus, mm -hmm. um, who shot over 200 photos um, in this book. Oh, wow. And Bob has been following me. Thank you. So, Bob has been following me since, since 2009. What photo was that? Is it good? Good. It's worth, a, worth the price. It's worth yeah. the price right there. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's some very, like, you know, as basketball players, you get to see, you know, you get to see us playing on, on the court. You get to see us on TV. And, you know, a lot of people look at us as these uh, kind of like these macho, like these he this hero, these superpower, you know, human beings. But, you know, in this book right here, you get to see me laying on the couch. You know, I got toe spreaders in my toes on one of them because I don't like my toes to touch. So you get to see the, the insecurities. You get to see intimate moments. Um, and What's it a toe spreader? That's what I'm saying. 
it's so the, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna so, learn. If yeah, I read they this just book. It spread your toes out like that. Is it? Or like a, if you're getting a pedicure or something like that. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. So yeah. they got like in my book, I got one. It's like this jelly toe spreader, just to keep my to That's keep my toes. You recommend that? Uh, yeah, at home. Yeah, on the couch. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll try it. Yeah. yeah. So Maybe if you're watching. Yeah. Christmas. <laughs> I I got a proposition for you. Um, I, I you know you're a competitive guy, um, but I'm a competitive guy too. And I was mentioning to John earlier that I, uh, I've played waste paper basketball against uh, some of the greats here. What do we got here? This is me. This is me beating Obama. Like, absolutely burying Obama. Right there. Okay? That's me against Allen Iverson. Absolutely why, slaughtered. Why did I say zero? This is me. Because they didn't score any. This is me against Dr. J. He managed to get five in. He was not happy, by the way. And I'm wondering whether I could challenge you, put my, you know, my ring, my championship ring on the line right here, and yeah, I'll I've put got... put my wedding ring on the line. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I can't get mine off anymore. <laughs> All right, here are balls for you. Here are balls for me. You want to take a second to squeeze them here. Yeah, wait. Got to get them tight. So we're shooting in the same basket. We're shooting this... Well, yeah, sure, sure. So That's if right. I beat you, what do I get? Uh... How about 20,000 copies of my book? I'll buy 20 copies of your book. <laughs> I'll give them away for Christmas. I'll give your book away for Christmas. How about that? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate okay. it. You're welcome. All right, here we go. Here we go. All, All right, right, so how many seconds so, do we get? How many seconds are we going to get here? How many? Do we have 30 seconds on the clock? 30. 30 seconds. And it's just how many you can get in 30 seconds. Okay. You've been practicing? Did you hear me backstage? All right. All right. Oh, you were, you were practicing? What? <clears throat> All right. Uh, we'll start. Uh, you can shoot first. You want to do that? You're, no, you... you're the guest. Okay. Ready? Uh. Hold on! Yeah, you see that? Top 75. The greatest of all time. All-star. MVP. Three-time champion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrible! This has been The Late Show Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.